0: Good afternoon. So I'm back today with uh, something new. Uh, Yesterday evening, my youngest son and I had a very interesting conversation. We were talking about the podcast and a few other things. Um, So he tells me uh, that I need to be controversial to pick controversial subjects for the podcast to boost viewers, you know, sensationalism sells. I started thinking about it and of course, he's right. We know he's right because he's my son, you know, hereditary. Anyway, so I th- I think though that the most controversial thing in America right now is Jesus Christ. Because so many are twisting his words to what they want them to say rather than what the words actually says or the word actually says. So we're going to delve into one of the one of Jesus's uh, most often misinterpreted sayings, okay? So uh to start with a little context, I was on Social media, I don't remember exactly where. Uh, like an idiot, I was reading the comments because, you know, if they go against you, you're enraged, if they go with you, you, you it, reading the comments actually does no good for anybody. So someone said, judge not. or oh, we're not supposed to judge, but their exact words were, I, I believe, and I believe were, Jesus did not judge, live and let live. Well, is that really what it says, though? See, so many people use that Without knowing what it actually says. Because the Beatles said, live and let die. Everybody knows that. But live and let live originated with the Dutch in the ancient law merchant in 1622. Live and let live never applied to morality until the 60s in America, you know, when things really started going off hinge. So let's start with what Jesus actually said before we go any further, just for context. Matthew Matthew 7, 1, King James Version, judge not that ye be not judged. 7, 2, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So Jesus did not say, do not judge anyone. Jesus did not say we're to let everyone do whatever is right in their own eyes. In fact, when the Israelites sinned in the Old Testament and were judged of God, it was because every man did that which was right in his own eyes instead of following the law of God. It says here in these verses that we are to judge by the exact measure we want to be judged by. If we are hypercritical, finding fault to the nth degree, then we will be judged the same way. The judgment we measure out, and remember in these days, when they judge, the punishment was right there. So this wasn't like today where you got judgment, and then trial, and then jury, and then, no, this was judge, punishment, boom, done. If if they found you guilty right then and there, you were hauled out of town and stoned. It's simple. They killed you with rocks. All right? So it, you got to remember that time, too. So it says, the judgment we measure out, the judgment and punishment we measure out, shall be measured out to us at the same level. So Matthew 7, 3. And, while beholdest, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is on, in thine own eye? A moat is a little bitty speck, but a beam is a big board. So why are you looking at the mote that's in your brother's eye, but you're not considering the big board in your own? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eyes? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam, out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. All right. So what it's saying here is Jesus is clarifying by saying, judge not, lest ye be judged by the same measure. So do not look at your brother and consider he's got this little, little bit of speck of whatever and say, oh, look, let's clean that up while you yourself have got a whole skeleton full, a whole closet full of skeletons. That's what he's saying. He says, look at your house and clean it first before you go into your brother's house with a white glove. Jesus wants us to not be hypocritical. He does not want us to be as the Pharisees in his day who made the law of God so onerous, so much a burden to the people that the people wanted nothing to do with God. The Pharisees made the people fear. God doesn't want you being ruled by fear. He wants you being ruled by love. He wants you to come to him out of love, not out of fear. And that's what it's saying here. God loves all men and women. He came to this earth. He died for all men and women. He cares so much for the whole world. It says so right in his Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life he came and died that we might have life free from sin from the penalty of sin not free from sin but from the penalty of sin we're human we're always going to sin right up until the day we die so the first question though is if we are not to judge why did jesus have to die if nobody judges why did jesus have to die he had to die because God will judge. The pride of man in the Garden of Eden, the pride of man falling into temptation and eating of the fruit and thinking they know more than God by listening to the serpent, uh, that's what got man kicked out of the garden. That's what brought sin into the world, and sin leads to death. So it says in Romans five twelve, Wars for as by one man sin entered into the world. And death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All have sinned. All right. So, Jesus had to come and die because sin has passed death uh, pronouncement upon all men. Therefore, there's one way out of the penalty of sin, and that is through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. Death has passed upon all men due to sin, therefore the penalty of sin is death. Christ came and died that we might be free of the penalty of sin. If he died to free us from the penalty of sin, then that means we must have been judged for that sin. No penalty, no judgment. There is a penalty. That means somewhere along the way there's judgment. However, it also doesn't say little sin, big sin. Nope, it says sin. All are the same to him. Gossip, lying, murder, all the same category. It's absolutely all the same. So if there is a penalty of sin and God is going to judge, where does that leave us in making the judge not part be true? It means that we have to judge then by the law of God. However, many point this out, we are under grace, so the law doesn't apply, right? Because we're in the age of grace, therefore the law doesn't apply. Well, it's correct to a point, but just as the law of man applies to everyone, whether they follow it or not, so too does the law of God. If you run a stop sign, get caught, you are guilty. Whether you want to be guilty or not, you're guilty. If you run a stop sign and nobody's around to catch you, you're still guilty. That's what it matters. The law that man made when you get caught running a stop sign, running a red light, the law of man will judge you. And it's the same thing with sin the law of God will judge you. We shall be judged by his standard not ours we shall be judged by his purity his holiness versus what we actually are and do so if we got to live up to his standard we got a whole lot of work to, uh, in front of us don't we so let us look at the example that everybody wants to use and point out that Jesus didn't judge cuz we're we're actually going to look at this um if you go to John chapter 8 verse 3 and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. All right. So the scribes and the Pharisees, who are the ones who have made re- the religion so onerous to the people, they're now trying to bring this to Jesus and have him pronounce judgment upon this woman. Now, so this woman is called caught in adultery. But the first thing that comes to mind is, if she was caught in adultery, that means her or a man were married, and they were having sex outside of the marriage. Where's the man? Hmm. Takes two to tango. They did not bring the man before Christ, just the woman. This smells of entrapment. They were not judging the two by the same measure. What they were actually trying to do is they were trying to catch Jesus and trip him up and and, and get him guilty of pronouncing a judgment against Roman law. Um, But Jesus, of course, was not going to do that because he's smarter than them. So he says, uh, so the scribes and Pharisees say, um, doesn't the law say she must be stoned for sinning? Jesus neither agrees nor disagrees, for he sees this what it is, a chance to catch him in a trap. Yet being ever so smart, he stoops, he writes in the dirt. We have no idea what he wrote. Don't speculate, don't ask. Nobody knows what he wrote. Anybody who says they do, they don't. All right, but he stooped, he wrote in the dirt. Just for a minute or two, then he stands up and he looks at him and says, anybody here that is without sin, let them cast the first stone. And then he stoops back down, writes in the dirt again. So the second time he stands up and saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? So when he stood up, he looked him right in the eye. And he said, anybody here without sin, cast the first stone. And then he bent back down. And when he stood back up, nobody was there. Apparently they were all sinners. So when Jesus had lifted himself up, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more that's the part everybody leaves out here. Okay, Jesus didn't condemn her. He did not. He said, go and sin no more. Now, if that's what he says to the woman, there must be sin. There must be judgment for sin. Why? Because he doesn't say, go and do as you were doing. He says, go and sin no more. If we extrapolate this out, we see that there is sin, And there will be a penalty for it, or Jesus would not say, go and sin no more. We are to love the sinner. For we are, the Christian, so much more a sinner, for we know the law and the God that enforces the law than those who don't know the law. And if we know the law, we must hold ourselves far more accountable, and we know how truly unworthy we are, all right? So by that, we must not judge in that respect, but there is to be judgment. Jesus did not condemn the woman, even though she was very guilty. When Jesus let her go, he tells her she was in sin. How do I know? Because he says, go and sin no more. If she wasn't in sin, if she was not a sinner, if he wasn't telling her you're living wrong, which is judging. He would not tell her to go and sin no more. Jesus came and died for all that they might escape the penalty of sin. That's what Jesus came here to do. He didn't come and die for everybody to live exactly like they were. He came and died so that we could escape the penalty of sin. Our job as Christians is to show them the love of Christ. And how do we do that? we preach the gospel. We preach the gospel to a world condemned to the penalty of sin, and that penalty is death. You cannot quote Jesus here and tell me not to judge if you do not believe the next part that says the penalty of sin is death, okay? That's what's going to happen. God will judge sin. He will judge the sinner. He will also, in another judgment, judge the Christian For how they behaved, how they testified, how they witnessed, and how they represented Him. For that's what we are. We are ambassadors for Christ to a world that needs Him. The very Jesus that died for all men died that they might live. And we are here to show them, to tell them of Him. We do not change the hearts and minds of men, we show them the Jesus that changes the hearts and minds. God will judge one day, and the world needs to know that. For if we truly believe the Bible, then truly he will judge.